0: Good Saturday evening. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner and Joey Wagner. We are live at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City where we saw a very competitive game. Another one come down to the wire for Illinois. They have a flair for the dramatic, Joey Wagner. Only this time, Iowa's the opponent and they have a way of muddying things up and, and making it ugly and finding ways to win at the end of games. And that's exactly what happened today. As Caleb Johnson runs for a 30-yard touchdown, Iowa's fought by far best offensive play of the game with about five minutes left, and Illinois goes uh, turnover on downs with two pass breakups at the line of scrimmage. What a way, what an Iowa way to win a game on two pass breakups at the line of scrimmage by Joe Evans, who was phenomenal. He got my star of the game. But Illinois led for most of the second half, Joe. It felt like we were going to see one of the best wins of the Brett Bielma era, one that gets you to a bowl game for the second straight year, one that keeps you in the Big Ten West race going into the final week, one that gets you your first win in Kinnick since 1999, but then Iowa happened. They find a way uh, to do this over and over again, and what a missed opportunity
1: for Illinois. Yeah, it was. I feel like I was telling you on our way up, back up to the press box, I feel like I've seen that exact Iowa touchdown run where it takes the lead to or makes a point total like 16 or 17 in this case, 15, with two minutes left. Like, that happens. That's what Iowa does. I feel like you see that every single game. And, and you could feel it brewing a little bit um, through, throughout that fourth quarter where it just felt like Illinois needed a field goal. Yeah. I mean, touchdown probably wins the game, but just something to get some momentum there. And it's just never able to sustain it. And it's kind of what Iowa does. They don't let you get any momentum. And Illinois just didn't make big plays down the stretch of that game when it needed to, whether it was uh, Clayton Bush slipping on the the touchdown run or or the balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. Casey Washington had a big drop uh, on the drive before the touchdown. There are opportunities there, and Illinois wasn't able to capitalize on those.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about John Paddock getting the start. Not a surprise to you and I this week and how Iowa was able to negate that. Uh, Isaiah Williams continues to produce. There were some really good moments by the defense, but uh, two bad drives. And and often, Joey, that's all it takes against Iowa is two bad drives. We'll hear from Brett Bielma here coming up as well. But you and I, before we got on here, because we're kind of trying to get down to the field in the final five minutes to take people behind the curtain. Then we're down on the field. I'm like writing my quick hits as we're trying to do this. So I just want to go look back and, and what happened, what led to this turning. Because, well, you said you could feel it brewing for a while. It was always within one play. And that's what Iowa does so well. They, they keep themselves within one play in Illinois in the last five games, right? Has kept themselves within one play, and then that can change the game. But but here's kind of what I wrote down for the last five minutes. What changed the game? Hugh Robertson punt, his first bad one of the day, 35 yards. Iowa returns at 18 yards to put him at the 45-yard line. That's, that's an Iowa move. Like you win in those little margins. Uh, and then a third and fourth completion uh, by Deacon Hill on a little slant route. Defensive pass interference by Caleb Patterson, who's rarely in the game, in the game late in this one. Uh, I didn't even see he was on the play. Like, I, I might have asked about that. They will ask
1: about it uh, on Monday. That's more of an Aaron Henry question, honestly. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I don't know if Zach Toby got nicked up in that game. Yeah, he did, right? He got nicked up in that game. So Caleb Patterson went in the game, got a defensive pass interference, 15 yards for Iowa. They're deep in Illinois territory. And then one play Clayton Bush. Misses an assignment, misses his gap. He told you after the game he took blame on himself for that one, and it was. And that's a touchdown run. And then uh, the, the big defensive play late was third and eight. You, you can get Iowa to a field goal, get get the ball back, have a chance to, to go down the field and try and score a touchdown and to win the game. Third and eight, convert on a run. Felt a lot like Wisconsin yep. uh, converting on runs on these long conversions. And, of course, offensively, maybe you want a different play call because you got two passes in a row knocked at the line of scrimmage, two short passes trying to convert on that third and short, fourth and short. And Joe Evans knocks them both down at the line of scrimmage. So in hindsight, you look at it, maybe you want to move that pocket a little bit with John Paddock. I do think you missed Luke Altmyer's legs at certain points to convert some of those third downs. Illinois 5 for 15 on third down. But uh, those are the plays that changed the game there.
1: Yeah, you missed his legs in part because Caden Fagan wasn't there. He's out for the season with what looks to us, Jeremy, to be a shoulder injury. yeah, it, it was right there. That's, the, I mean, there's no margin for error with, with really in the Big Ten West in particular, both Illinois. And, and I asked Brett Biel about it. He said, we're not really equipped to, to jump out to big leads. They're not. Maybe offensively you could make that argument. Defensively, they're not. We've seen that. They should have had a big lead a week ago against Indiana. No one jumps out to big leads against Iowa unless you're Penn State or Ohio State or, or Michigan. And you get down for those margin for errors, and, and if, Clayton Bush slips in the first quarter, there's time, right? If if Casey Washington doesn't come up, if Hugh Robertson has a bad punt, there's time, but you get down there and it's magnified. It's magnified Hugh Robertson until that was awesome all day. Clayton Bush, awesome all day and, until those plays, and that's what we're talking about because the way it's constructed, the way the, the, the talent level is on this team, the way Iowa, which deserves a lot of credit for what it does defensively and on special teams. Because they do what they do as well as they do. Like, it's mag. those moments are under the spotlight. They should be. It's big boy college football. It's part of it. But it's just there's no there's no margin for, for any of that in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, and Illinois missed opportunities offensively, right? I mean, when you get the ball to the Iowa 11 and a third and one, you have to be able to convert. You have to put the ball in the end zone. If they put the ball in the end zone on that drive, game's probably over. I just don't think Iowa was scoring eight points. Like I just had a really hard time, and I was talking with you guys. Like, if you score a touchdown, you go for two to go two possessions because I don't think they can score that much. But third and one, you go a sneak. Everyone wants to sneak with John Paddock. You missed Caden Fagan there, right? That that's where you miss Caden Fagan having him, and that that ruled large there. But Paddock does a great job spinning off. But Then he could have cut up field, but Sebastian Castro made a hell of a play to tackle him. But John tried to bounce it out, probably should have bounced it in in hindsight. Then Illinois has got to settle for the field goal, and that, and that changes the game. They had a third and one earlier with Reggie Bush, lost two yards on it. Reggie Fagan, Love, Reggie Love, could if you convert that with Caden Fagan, it might be a little bit different of a game. So, uh, just these little things, these little opportunities
1: you miss, it crushes you against a team like Iowa. Yeah, it does. And that's it's kind of where this program is, right, where they're, they're just very thin at places. where You talk about Caden Fagan. They didn't lose this game because Caden Fagan was out, but you, you can't – I don't know. There's not enough to overcome it, and Brett Beam will tell you that. It's just yeah. – especially the, the running back room. Dude, the running back room right now is some tatters.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's hear from Brett Bielma. We'll take some of your questions. We'll get to some other topics as well. We'll talk about John Paddock at the start, what we saw from him. But here's Brett Bielma after the game.
2: Not being able to pull that off, play like that for, you know, just short of four quarters the way we did on our prep during the course of the week and our intensity. And I uh, kept preaching these guys all week, Showed them different examples that every play is going to matter. And then obviously, uh, I think that final drive defensively, we've done so many good things. But we, we we had two DPIs on that on that drive and gave them too much free yards and then they hit a, a crease run that we'd stopped all day just one guy here one guy there and it ends up being the difference in the ball game and then obviously the failure to uh, execute on that last drive I I just um you know think there's some things we can do better as coaches to help our players to get better at the line of scrimmage and then uh you know a lot of I don't want to get lost in negativity there's a lot of a lot of guys played their ass off today a lot of the guys went out there and. Competed Reggie Love again, just the workload that he's taken. Um, uh, I thought, uh, you know, John again, like did a lot of really, really good things at wide receiver. Uh, uh, some more positive things defensively to rebound and play the way we did for, for you know, the majority of the game was 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 good. But it's going to be a gut check this week. Obviously, uh, these guys have done a lot of really good things. I want them to play, get a chance to play in postseason. But uh, the only thing we got to do is worry about beating Northwestern. And everything else take care of itself. We got to. Uh, focus on them, uh, put this game to bed, learn from it, uh, uh, learn about the things that they they did well. So if, if we see it again this week, it's Northwestern. But we're going to have to have a great week of practice, uh, best week of the year, and uh, get a chance to play on Saturday and see where we can go. God, this stings.
0: Now, it's just if you're Illinois, man, like you had a chance to win at Kinnick. I think you were out Iowa-ing, Iowa, if that's a, if that's yeah. a term. Illinois well, no that's uh, it. Yeah you were doing it for most of this game and you were in the mud just like you were last year and, and you felt like you had a chance to win this game you just couldn't make that extra play and I thought Iowa did a fantastic job against John Paddock um, you know knocking down those passes he's a short quarterback he's not as mobile of a quarterback I do think Barry Lenny had a pretty good game plan like he was taking the singles and John Paddock was taking the singles just kind of matriculating the ball down the field when they could Uh, but Iowa has a way of making you get a second and third and long. And, and uh, that's just not a good place to be against an Iowa team that's really stout up front, good linebackers, good safeties. Jamari Harris really stepped up before pass breakups today, but 13 pass breakups on John Paddock. So the Paddock magic kind of came back, right, to, to reality a little bit against a, a much better opponent, much better defense than Indiana. I thought some of those were floated. I thought he got away with a few that looked like they could have been interceptions. But he did give his chance, his team a chance to win at times, just didn't make enough plays.
1: I thought he put his receivers in really tough spots. I mean, he threw some, some passes that get your guys big hits. I mean, it's, it's too thin of a team to, to do that. Uh, I do Real quickly, Jim, my brain quick before we went to Brett B on this video. I, I do want to point out the field goal that he took instead of trying to go for it on fourth and one. We saw that coming from a mile away. He said on Monday or Thursday, I, I'm not trying to defend it, but he's try to understand the process of what they go through. He he pointed back to last year's game. He said it was nine to six. You, you take points whenever you can get points against Iowa. So I mean, you could make an argument. you should have gone. I meant to add this before, and I just said nothing, and my brain stopped working. But like, you, you knew he was kicking that field goal, and
0: and we you know, kind of did I, a straw poll of us media, and I said against Iowa, you're probably kicking the three, right? Especially when you don't have Fagan, when when Luke Altmaier was not the quarterback. Like, you're probably going to kick that field goal. Especially we got to consider what the Iowa offense was doing at that point. After the first quarter, from the first quarter until that yeah. Johnson touchdown, they had 88 yards of offense in the second, third, and fourth quarters at that time. They were getting nowhere. Your your defense was playing well. You're getting after the quarterback. Seth Coleman, great game today, two sacks. Odaluga had a sack. I believe Rojack, or Akis had a sack as well. Um, I thought Roziak was playing really well. Clayton Bush, to that point, was playing really well. So I understood it because I, I didn't know if they could score a touchdown. But you miss one assignment. You have a... Defense pass interference. All of a sudden, it's a different game. It's a whole different game. Um,
1: yeah, and you man. just you just went third and one, and you didn't get it. Yeah, I was uh, frankly, to be honest, I was surprised on that final drive that they they called a timeout and went for it. I, I thought with with the Iowa offense and with Brett Bealma believing in field position, down by two points, I thought he was going to punt it and try to pin him.
0: You couldn't. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't believe he was going to punt it there uh, if he was. So, like, I. I understand it, but that that crushed them their first year. Um, No, you didn't get it. It it, it failed. It failed, but I thought to give yourself the best chance to win, I thought you had to go for it. Hope your defense can get a stop, and they had him on third and eight and weren't able to tackle a guy on third and eight on a run.
1: Yeah, that that shouldn't happen. I mean, Brett Bielen programs. What what he wants to be, to have two teams go win a game on third and eight or third and plus on the ground. That is, I mean, that's not good. The rush defense has been, I mean, it was fine for the most part in the second half, but to give up that play in that moment on a run—that's brutal, man. That's backbreaking. I
0: guess what the argument for punting there's—if you wouldn't have called the timeout, you had two timeouts. timeouts, Yeah, yeah, I could have forced a third and long and. Going for it, so yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to
1: justify right because if he punts and the whole conversation is my goodness, he punted and they didn't even give themselves a chance.
0: So conservative, right? Now we're already seeing some conservative stuff here. Listen, that was aggressive,
1: that was a really aggressive move. It was, and he's probably yeah, some of the he's probably more aggressive, I think, that gets credit for there. Are conservative moments, but he does aggressive things down the stretches of those games.
0: All right, let's get to, we'll get to some of your questions here coming up, but i got to do the $10 super chat from our boy, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate you, man. I am sad. Definitely grabbing some Culver's Concrete Mixers on the way home. Have one on me, gents. Appreciate all your hard work. 21 rushes, 18 were love. No money, deep playbook opening. What do you make of that? No trick plays? Yeah. I,
1: they did the flea flicker, but they had to check it down, which was a smart decision. I couldn't believe it. they checked it down. Like, they should, but that's one of those that, like, your mind is ingrained to go hit one. Uh, I mean, I I get it. I said to you at some point, man, I'm surprised they haven't put Isaiah Williams. We've seen him line up at running back a few times when this the, this running back room has been so depleted, and they didn't do that. I don't think that's going to work, right? You're just putting Isaiah Williams in a spot to go take a shot. Yeah, there's not options, right? I mean, I don't know how deep a Barry Loney's playbook is for one healthy, I don't know if Nick... I mean, Nick Fadonzo came here as a scholarship quarterback or scholarship running back, but you're down to one or two scholarship running backs.
0: As we're logging the game here, Joey, one of the big plays I I kind of marked here was when they called pass interference on a deep shot to tip Ryman. Yeah. And they picked up the flag, which you can argue or not, but to me, that was a great play call by Barry Lonnie. It was wide open. Paddock missed it. Like that, that's got to be completed. That's a touchdown or getting you into the inside the five yard line. Um, those throws weren't made today, right? Like those plays weren't made today downfield where it was the receiver's not catching it. Paddock threw some you know floaters today. Um, just weren't able to complete those against a much better Iowa secondary that really they're built not to force you to throw deep and then they take advantage of them. Um, so I did think when they actually checked down and did a lot of hitches and quick hitches, things like that. That's when they were able to move the ball, get the w- ball to Isaiah Williams, who continues to legitimize himself as an all big Ten first first team guy, eight catches, 105 yards, three straight games, hundred plus yards. I was sad. I couldn't fire off my tweet that he was the seventh Illini to crack a thousand yards receiving in a single season. He's two yards away from him. Um, So just a, for the, he was my star of the game on, until the very end when Joe Evans ended the game for the Illini. Uh, but, He's playing extremely well. They just weren't able to get any real playmakers outside. Reggie Love had a really solid game, given that uh, the offensive line I thought played pretty well for the most part. It's just I was able to get in those passing lanes.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Well, I have lost my thought. I just threw a lot of stuff at you there, so there's no (laughs) real, no real Uh, thing. (laughs) No, I I, I thought, yeah, (laughs) here, take this, all of this. Um, The the short yard, those short passes, passes. I looked over to you and said, they're really. On those comeback routes, they're really making some some yardage up there on those. I thought they did. I thought – I knew coming in they felt like they had seen some stuff in the Iowa defense that they could could move the ball. Uh, I don't think they ever thought they were going to come in and throw 400 yards. I thought they felt confident in their plan to move the ball. And I, this was in conversations before Cooper DeGene's injury was, was out there. Um So, I, I did. I, I did like, for the most part, what Barry Lundy did today. I thought he had another good day. Like, he's not been – the the final drives I get it I get it I understand you don't complete it and you can go back and look at everything I I, I totally understand that Barry lunny has been pretty good here recently. I, you I go back to a- Minnesota. Go back to Minnesota. Luke Altmeyer was balling, especially yeah. in the first half. They hit a wall in the third quarter, for sure. But man, he's he's called good football games here down in the last three games in particular.
0: I really thought it was a good game plan. I thought they were good play calls. Like again, the third and fourth down, we can go back and. Obviously, Brett Bielman was saying we got to put our guys in better positions, but I thought there were opportunities to make plays. And this week against a far better defense, and I think Iowa's secondary is great, even without Cooper DeGene. Um, their defensive line was pretty good today. Iowa had 13 pass breakups. 13. Like they won their one on ones. They, they were able to make those plays, and, and John Paddock and the receivers weren't able to complete them. You got to tip your cap to your opponent sometimes, but uh, that's just what a better defense does. This is an elite defense. Phil Parker's. Doing it a bro's award candidate uh he should win it at some point uh, what he, with what he's doing but um yeah i just think illinois did offense didn't make plays when they need to make plays and a lot of teams do that against iowa
1: and the defense we can't let the defense off the hook that final drive obviously yeah. the, the final two drives they did it look illinois also missed tackles and Illinois had costly penalties. they didn't, iowa had more penalties i think it ended up being the final stack correct
0: uh, the same amount of penalties. I had a couple more yards because of that defensive pass interference. Yeah,
1: and but the, the point being, it felt like Illinois' penalties were just really timely, really, really. Just a though. I'd have to go back and look. The and uh, roughing the, the passer for,
0: was a uh, was a big break for Illinois. I would say.
1: Yeah, it sure was. It, but the, the illegal block in the back was a big one. Yeah, it. I just. It feels like the penalties came at, at bad times for Illinois, and it came back, especially on that final drive.
0: All right, Isaac Ambrose, our producer, asks, What would the newspaper headline be for this one tomorrow? If we ran a newspaper, Joey. And you were a headline writer, which is your strength. Okay. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> um it's just something about missed opportunity. Like that, that's the phrase. Yeah. Like if we want to do a phrase, it's just like ah, right there. And and that's what the Brett Bielma era, to be honest with you, has been. You just get in a bunch of close games. They've won four of their six one score games.
1: They've lost two of them. Look, we I, should stop. Hold on. We should t- we should talk about that stuff because it doesn't feel like that. Like that's where a lot of I see the consternation on social media. Hello. So, and you that's and not are wrong. four plays away from being a one in ten football team. Somebody from Illinois
0: told us that after the yes, game. But I also right. told him, I also told him, like, you're also a couple plays away from being a seven or eight win football team. Yes right? Uh, Wisconsin, this game. So seven wins. Um, So yeah, th- th- that's what the Brett Bielmaier has been. And right now they are what? 12 and 14 during big 10 play, I believe, or 11 and 14 during big 10 play. Like It's just, you get in these close games and you figure out like they all come down to this. And for the last
1: five weeks, it's, it's all
0: come down to the, these one score
1: games. Yeah. And like. They are 4-2 this year one-score games. It doesn't feel like that, though. That's kind of the weird thing. Like when the, and maybe it's like the recency bias of immediately after a game. It feels like this is a story that we've seen Illinois have a few times. Does it not? I mean, it does to me. Like Now, again, I say that, and I understand that last week they win in overtime. They go on the road at Maryland. They win. You can go to Toledo. Like, I, I get all it. just
0: The difference is Iowa wins all of these. <laughs> like they, they win they win yeah, all of that's, these. That's but true. if you look if you look at all your other opponents, they're not winning all of them. Like that, you know, Wisconsin's not winning all of them. or like Northwestern is not winning all of them. This like I, I guess yes, it's been disappointing. You haven't been able to close out because you think of what if you could have closed out Wisconsin and you could have closed out uh against Iowa, but you also could not have closed out against Toledo right. and not that's closed right. out against Indiana and Maryland. So Minnesota. It comes down to a couple plays. It does. It comes down to a couple. That's what the Big Ten West is going to be. And, guys, I guess I've just covered way too many blowouts to say that's a step in the right direction for Illinois. <laughs> it's just consistently getting in games. And here's the story of the season for me. It's not just losing this one and losing Wisconsin. It's that you got blown out by Nebraska. It's a, You didn't give yourself a chance to be in a one-score game there. It's that you got blown out by Purdue, and you didn't even give yourself a chance to win there. Those are the games. Like That is the story of the season for me is what the hell happened in those two games? Because the team I've seen over the last five weeks, this is the team I expected. You get in close games, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. They're three and two in in the last five games, all one-score games. It's those two games before that's the story of the season for me. Yeah, That's the disappointing part of the season for
1: me. If Illinois rolls into Iowa City with six or seven wins or clinch for a bowl, right now I guess – it sort of had more West implications than the the Hail Mary that Illinois was hoping to throw to win the West. But he would be yeah you lost at Kinnick, but you still got these things and you're right. I mean those two games that's that's what it comes down to. And then you you take these 50-50 games. I think what you'd like to see as Illinois builds this and Brett Bielma builds this and you add depth you'd like to see those 50-50 one possessions teeter your way to a 60, 40, right? Like you, you want to see 70, 30. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to see a little bit more Maryland. And to be honest, the stats outside of Brett his first year, which there were games we've talked about those, right? Uh, UTSA, Purdue, Maryland, that probably are closer to to a little above 50, 50 in the last yeah. two years. But that's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's part of being on the competitive football ride, right. It, w- without being a powerhouse
0: without, <laughs> I mean, Beats what I used to cover. But yes, when you don't when you lose to Purdue and you know uh Nebraska back-to-back weeks, like that that that's brutal. again what puts this all in perspective. Uh number one play, Illinois will want back from this game. I go back to that third and one, John Paddock sneak and the Caleb Johnson run where Clayton Bush just missed an assignment.
1: Yeah. I, I'm 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 looking out here at the field. There, there's a third or second down play call to Isaiah Williams that I thought he got the first. Down yeah. the sideline. Um, I believe Brett called a timeout after that. Brett called a timeout to look at that. I, I, I'd have to go back and double check that. That looked like a first to me. Um, so That would have so, been
0: monstrous, right? It would have been
1: huge, yeah. I'd have to go back and remember the exact scenario. But I remember thinking, I wrote in my notes, like, yeah, Brandon says he got the first. I don't think he's wrong. You wrote in my notes, like, first down because it felt pretty obvious to me. And then I looked up, like, oh, wait, you're telling me it's third down here. I don't. That one comes to mind because that, that was a, a pretty big moment in the game. What did
0: the defense do differently in the middle stretch of the game that worked for me? Aggression. Go, going, dropping eight against Deacon Hill made no sense to me. Aaron Henry needs to stay aggressive. They got aggressive, um, played a little bit more man, got after the quarterback because I, I was offensive lines good, but you've got good players too. And, and Johnny Newton got some pressures, opened up some one on one battles. Uh, so I just thought, I thought that was the key we, we was getting more aggressive and, and they stayed aggressive late in the game. They just missed a couple plays.
1: Yeah. Dave said that uh, Isaiah Williams play was before the sneaky Yeah. There you go. Good call Dave. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, early on it, they were dropping into coverage and it just wasn't working. And look, also Deacon Hill threw a couple of rockets on the, in that first quarter where some of those didn't really have a lot of business being completed. Nothing but, he but fired fastballs in. out of Deacon Hill, man. He, he really dialed up the heater. I just think they said, he has got out. a lot of weight behind those tours, Julie. I could go pitch then look at me man Um, they, they settled in they, they they stuck to their game plan they settled in they got aggressive they, that was a huge thing if you, you go back and look Dylan Rosiak it felt like was coming a lot as a blitzer and trying to get in there and make him uncomfortable and they were winning some of those one on ones and then you get down there and you miss the you know the Clayton Bush the DPIs it's those little plays
0: Atlanta mm-hmm. star in the loss Who'd you go with? Isaiah, I mean, it's Isaiah Williams, right? Isaiah and Seth, I thought, yeah. Seth Goldman really coming alive. He's making a case for all Big Ten team. Who would have thought that after six games when he had zero sacks? He's got six uh, six sacks over the last five games, two multi-sack games. Uh, but he's just he's starting to win his one-on-ones a little bit more, and, and you're starting to see the player that I think has NFL potential. So I think he's pushing his way into that mix. Uh, good to see him doing that. And, uh, yeah, Isaiah Williams just having one of the better years uh, I've seen the line-eye receiver. I mean, AJ Jenkins is the only one. Uh, Mike Dudek, he's probably going to pass him up next week in receiving yards. Again, he's probably going to be the seventh I player to ever get a uh, thousand yards receiving. And to think that was that guy was quarterback <laughs> just a couple years ago. Um, th- those are really good. I thought the offensive line played pretty well today. Um, Reggie Love played well today. A couple big first downs. So there were some. There was some good. There was some good uh, in this loss. Um, any injury updates? And what's the impact of the Fagan injury, Joey?
1: I mean the Fagan. We don't know what's up with Canena Odaluga. He was not. He was. I bet was nasty. It didn't look good. Um, saw him some crutches after the game. He couldn't put in any weight. That, that didn't look particularly good. Was there is there another injury? Jeremy Zach that Toby left the game. Yeah, I have to check on that. The the Fagan injury. That's I mean that's brutal, right? Because you go into a must win against Northwestern with one like one healthy running back. I mean, Nick Fidanzo got his first carry ever. It's so like one running back who's taken a carry, Nick Fidanzo and two walk-on defensive backs. And, and credit to Reggie Love. Missed that time with injury, and he came, and he's played all these snaps without Caden Fagan. Uh, that, dude, yeah, that one hurts, and it's kind of something we, we probably saw coming, just the way he looked coming out of that. And to me, the impact of the Caden Fagan injury is, uh, I'm sorry to put it like this, I understand you need a win to get to a bowl, is spring 2024. Like, that is a big spring for Caden Fagan. Will he be available to go through any of that? We don't know what we'll to – this was not the time to ask Brett Bielman of that. Uh, but that that's, to me, the bigger impact here.
0: Uh, and huge game, Joey, against Northwestern. We'll get to some of your comments, questions coming up. Uh, if you want to send a super chat, please do. We'll get to those here coming up. But Northwestern is 6-5, and five, bowl eligible. David Braun is the permanent coach. No one saw this coming. Every time you count out Northwestern, I mean, who they was to UTEP first week? Something like that? They were, um,
1: they were dogs at home against UTEP, and it's like, oof. Oh, they won that game, yeah. Um,
0: but, yeah, it's just like that, that's a that's a good team. That, that's a good, solid Big Ten West football team. They're throwing the ball pretty well. Ben Bryant has been really good for them. Bo Sullivan, even when he's come in the games, has, has played pretty well. Um, no, that, that team's scrappy, and they're going to want to shut Illinois out of a bowl game, right? Uh, Illinois has got everything to play for to get to a bowl game, to get those bowl practices, to sustain success. I thought this could have been one of the biggest wins of the Brett Bielma era because I thought this win would have solidified Illinois can sustain success. And the margin is so small, but don't let this turn into another loss. The disappointment of this one is going to be the biggest key for Illinois, but can they run the football? Um you're not playing Iowa's defense. You need Paddock to be better next week, uh, but the defense is going to face a bigger task because Northwestern's offense is, is far more dynamic than Iowa's offense. Ben Bryant's a pretty good quarterback. Um, you know, Cam Porter had a really good game, 95 yards, two touchdowns. AJ Henning, the Kurtz kid, their tight end Johnson went for 88 yards and a touchdown today. It's just a more dynamic offense. Like Northwestern's offense isn't terrible like it has been the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, that's that's and the Illinois cool. secondary is a concern. It's a big concern. It, it truly is a big concern going into this, going into the offseason in terms of what they do to address it. I thought I, you made a good point noticing today uh, on the travel roster. Like, you just as you go down, like, you look at why was Caleb Patterson in? Support Kareem didn't tra- travel. Like, that, the, I'm, I'm, there's concerns for who you feel is playable right back there right now. I don't believe we saw Tyler Strain out there today, Jeremy. That guy started, he started for most yeah. of the year. Component. I mean, I, you put Caleb Patterson out there over him, that's, that doesn't tell you a good story, right? That doesn't tell you that they feel like they've got these guys that they can trot out there. So, yeah, that, that's a huge concern. And, and it's a flip of the script from what we talked about in August where it's like, well, hey, listen, Illinois plays Indiana. They play Northwestern. Purdue's got a first-time head coach. or first, Yeah, first-time Nebraska's got a first-year head coach there. One game went to overtime, the other two were lost, and Northwestern's got a bowl. Like that, that changed quickly.
0: It's a huge game, very consequential game for the Illinois football program next week. All right. Should have, your master said, should have brought in Luke in the second half and used his legs.
1: Did you think at any point Luke Altmeyer would get the call, Joey? No. No. no, I, I, I get Like, I think you needed his legs. Like, his legs would have helped Illinois today. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I also but wonder I if you would have thrown interceptions
0: with Luke Altmaier in the game today.
1: Yeah, I wonder that. John Paddock flirted with a few of them sure today. Now, I I didn't think that because John Paddock seemed to find a rhythm in that third or fourth offensive series. And it's like, okay, you got over the, uh, holy cra- holy crap, it's Iowa. Take a breath. Keep with what you do. So after that, no, like someone asked on our message boards, like are they going to put Luke in for the second half? I, I don't know why you would. That That's not consistency, right? Like yeah. at that position, as long as you're healthy, you need consistency.
0: Yeah, and by the way, Brett Bealma said after the game, I think we mentioned this, John Paddock will be the starter next week. Yeah, I don't think you make that move and just do
1: one week. Like you're, you're going to want – Unless he just like crash lands this thing in Iowa City, right? Like unless it's yes. like a four-pick game – uh, so th- it's an important offseason for them with, with Luke Altmaier and the, the right conversations to, to let him know what they see with his direction, what he sees with his direction. They're like, you've got – because John Paddock's gone. So you need to make yeah. sure you've got, you know, everybody on the same page there with him.
0: Yeah, Preppy almost said he made the call Sunday uh, – Saturday. He said he left, he left the building and knew John Paddock it was going to be his quarterback, told John's parents that. He said, I I want to tell him on Sunday – Brought Paddock in the room, brought Altmyer in the room, told him what he was going to do. It sounds like Luke was supportive. Reggie Love said he was vocal all week and, and wasn't moping about it, um, which he said doesn't always happen if a guy gets benched. So uh, I, I take their word for it that, that Luke. But obviously, that's that's gotta hurt Luke. But it sounds like he was being a good teammate. Him and John seem like they're pretty close. John said he's been great this week with him. So you know they might need Luke at some point next week if it doesn't go very well for John Paddock. But I just think this team believes in John Paddock. I don't think today changes that. Reggie was really complimentary of John today. And I just think um, they get the ball out so quickly and he diagnoses so quickly. He just, he missed some throws today uh, and wobbled some throws today. And guys, I I just got, Iowa's defense is really good. Like that, that defensive line and that, that secondary are
1: really, really good. And they made some good plays today. Absolutely. They did. The only thing that, the reality is, if, if Illinois had five, four wins going into this game, maybe you go back to Luke Altmaier to to kickstart him, like into the into winter conditioning. Into summer. he's trying to get to a bowl, and right now they feel like Luke or uh, John Paddock gives him the best chance. Even though Luke Altmaier, I thought was playing good football after that Penn State game, they feel like John Paddock's clicking right now. Things are clicking, and and frankly, I didn't think he wasn't a, a world beater today, but. You've seen Iowa's defense do a lot worse things to quarterbacks than what John Paddock did, with really without an effective running game.
0: Fett says, lose to Northwestern. Brett Buhlman was 18 and 19 in three years, not ideal. Uh, it's better than a lot of the other people before him. That's what I would say. But, yes, I, I do think yeah. next week's really important. Next week's really important. I, I think mostly in recruiting. Um, and you get extra bowl practice. I think next week is so important to get to a bowl game. So you can have those practices, you can sell bowl games, you can sell, listen, we did not start off the year well with all these new pieces, figuring out the defense now with a new coordinator, you know, a new quarterback, offensive line shakeups. But listen, we won four of our last six to get to a bowl game. We can continue this into the next year's We return a bunch of pieces on offense. Some guys get older on defense. We hit the transfer portal. Uh, but if you go five and seven, man, that, that's not sticking the landing of, of what needs to be a second half turnaround. So, Listen, I, Brett Bielma has made great strides with this program. I know it's not where you want to be, but th- this consistently competitive team that we've seen in the back half and we saw in the first two years for the most part, that's where you need to be, and now you need to win more of those games, get to another bowl game, win the of Lincoln Trophy for, for a third straight year. But, yeah, I think next, next week's game, as every game is, but next week's game now, what's on the line,
1: it's really significant. Yeah, it is, and – there's part of a lot of what you said, Jeremy, that I agree with. And the strides of this, like, come on, we can just take it from our vantage point here, right? Like these post-game pods in 2020, I know I wasn't here at the time, if we would have done live pods in 2020. It's like 40 people who give on, who jump on and give a damn about what, what we're saying, because at that point it's over. And, and I'm not trying to, to justify the losses because you did bring Brett Bielma in to, to improve your program. And 18 and 19 is an improvement for where this program's been, but you also didn't bring him here just to make one step of yes. improvement. Right. And now yes. it's year three for Brett Bielma, and you're you're seeing those steps. I'm not trying to, to throw away his his tenure here as something underwhelming, but I get where some frustration would be Ray- for fans Ray- you get yeah, year three. The, it, honestly, if year two record was year if the way year three has gone happened in year two like if you flip these last two years i guess the best way i'm trying to say like this is a whole different tone right it's an entire different tone but year two got so much energy and so much excitement and so much hope like they they allowed hope fans allowed hope after that year that now you step back and you see it now you start to dive into it and say well this is this or that and and i understand but you are seeing those those steps forward
0: yeah and and Bill says, "Should have started the season ready to play. This team didn't start playing for real until Maryland. That's where I'm frustrated. Like that sure. is, if I look at the season again, I'm repeating myself, but that's where I'm frustrated. Is, you know, it took them two really bad losses to a a poor Purdue team. I know they've had a tough schedule, but that Purdue team is not very good, and you got crushed by that in the second half. And then Nebraska did not even show up. That was." It was a despicable performance. It was an unmitigated disaster. Now, they've been able to re- rebound from that, give themselves a chance at a bowl game. But that that's what – like, today stings because you lost those games.
1: In my yes. I mean, so so Williams' points of start the season – like, I the loss yes. to Kansas, whatever, uh, Penn State, those are the two. Like, you, you'll, you're going to lose. Like, you'll take what it looked like against Penn State minus the picks. Those are the two. Like, those – Third, The the back end of that first quarter of the season is really, really rough looking back in hindsight.
0: Bill also says that next week's game is bold, determinative, is pathetic.
1: Bill, all right, all right, all right, cool. All right. I mean, yeah, like I I get it. You're frustrated. I don't – I I don't know. I I can't make Bill feel better. I'm sorry. I I get it. I get it. You don't want to be in this situation, right? You want to come to Iowa City – and have this conversation going into next week about, hey, you need a lot of help to win the West, but darn it, that's still on the table, and it's not. And, and I understand the frustration around that, but I think it's if you get out of if you get out of next Saturday's game as a bowl eligible team, it's gonna feel good. <laughs> yeah, it's a heck yes. of a
0: story for a turnaround season. It'd be a heck of a coaching performance, great player performances to, to get you there. Uh, but now you you put it all on that game, and this is not the same Northwestern team that You've beaten 88 to 17 the last two years. Right. Oh. Like that that's that's why I thought today was important because this next week is not a gimme and um it's not gonna be easy. But you are at home. Northwestern hasn't played as well on the road. So uh we had one more question that said, um, are you surprised John Paddock is the starter for
1: Northwestern Joe? No, because you need to win to get to a bowl. Like, I don't I, I should rephrase that because that's a good that's a really good question. Luke Altmaier was good since Penn State. Like he had moments where he held on to the ball too long and he didn't didn't jump start that offense at times. But I still don't think I am. I still don't think I am. Are you? I That's the a good game could have
0: gone that could have game could have gone so many different ways with both those guys. Um this kind of went, you know, paddock didn't turn it over, though he forded with disaster a few times but Iowa's defense was far better in Indiana's. I thought it would be more of a struggle, but I thought for the most part, he made quick decisions, got the ball out quickly uh, and avoided those crucial, crucial mistakes um, outside of that safety. But Luke Altmaier was nervous about pressing too much. If he was named the starter, I, I think a lot, just based on what happened the last two weeks, if you would have started Luke Altmaier, the pressure that would have been on that cake, given the way John played, um, the team was, I think, rallied around John, what he did the last two weeks. I I just don't know if that would have set up Luke for success. I think he would have pressed against a defense you cannot press against. So I thought it was the right decision to start John Paddock. I was talking about it all week. Um, but Luke, his legs could have helped you. Could have made you a little bit more dynamic, but would you have thrown a couple more interceptions? Potentially. Um, and, and that could have changed the game and buried you. So, no, I'm not surprised you're sticking with it because I don't think you want to keep changing this. You don't want to do the Michael Scott snip, snap, snip, snap.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And we'll get to Mark's question. Is there an evaluation problem if Paddock's the best quarterback on the team and didn't start till the final few games? I don't think so. No,
0: Luke will Myers a more dynamic talent. You call lighting in a bottle with John. You want yeah, to that, that's
1: it. John, You, you there's a bigger problem if you see a heater and don't write it to me. I, I think we see today John Paddock's
0: arm's not as good. John Paddock's is not as good. But I thought what you needed today was quick decisions avoiding turnovers. For the most part, he did that, but those 50-50 balls, Illinois was not able to win today. I mean, 13 pass breakups, how many drops for a couple receivers, some some poor passes when John had some opportunities. Iowa won. Iowa
1: won those one-on-one battles today on, on defensive side. And I, I keep coming back to this. You didn't have a running – like Reggie Love had 64 yards. He fought like hell for all 64 of those. You didn't really have a running game that you feel like you could count on. With, with the way injuries have hit, the way – Iowa's defensive front was playing like that. Didn't help John Paddock either. It Wouldn't have helped Luke Altmaier either. You, know, you could again make the argument Luke Altmaier's legs would have helped that. Make the argument it wouldn't have. That he he would have. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I
0: was nine and two. <laughs> have they scored 140 points yet? I don't know if they have this season. In are they nine the and first? Two.
1: <laughs> are they the first nine and two team ever to fire their offensive coordinator midway through the season, but let him still coach? Like. He, did he effectively got fired. It's just not going to take into effect after the bowl game yeah. for a 9-2 and two team. Obviously, there's so much more context to it than that, but that's yeah. still something.
0: Iowa did cross 200 points for the season today. Uh, during conference play, um, Iowa has 118 points in eight games. For context, Illinois has 175.
1: What was Iowa's drive to what? 325.
0: They have 203. Okay. So Nebraska's in trouble <laughs> going for 100. I still wouldn't get them to 325. No, sir. They I'm do what they that. do, man. And and Illinois fell victim to it today, Joey. Iowa gonna Iowa. And as you said, that was the most Iowa play. Like they are they look terrible. I've seen, I've seen that
1: touchdown a million times, it feels like. Feels like every Iowa highlight is like when you go through the post-game watching ESPN or Big Ten Network, it's all right, Iowa trails nine to Fourteen, late in the fourth quarter, one of their million running backs runs for a twenty-yard touchdown. That's what it feel like. I've seen that a hundred thousand times. Yeah, all right, that'll do it for us. Hold here. on, we there there's one more. Can we get one more real quick? Yeah, uh, I thought it. Dave actually had a good one. If you can find it in there, what did he ask about? Uh, great for Aaron Henry so far. I think that's fair. I, I think it's fair to, yeah. to to ask that. And I don't. I, I'm somewhere in the C range, somewhere between. I don't know that I would go C minus, I think a C.
0: I, I hated dropping eight in a coverage today.
1: Yes, uh, yes.
0: Here's here's my philosophy. I learned it covering Lovie Smith and learned it covering Ryan Walters. And Ryan Walters is not having a very good defensive year, okay? I get it. Um, Aaron Henry has secondary personnel issues that he, he obviously is concerned about. Mac Rosetic played a lot late in this game, a, a sleeper defensive back. They got some personnel problems on the back end that they kind of failed to address. In the off season, if we want to admit it, and then they've had uh, some injury issues there. But um, stay aggressive, keep being aggressive, especially against Big Ten quarterbacks, college quarterbacks in general, but Big Ten quarterbacks. I just want to force them to throw into tight windows. It's just this year they're getting more defensive pass interference, they're getting more coverage uh, breaks. Um, obviously, they're they're missing more tackles. That's personnel stuff, but. That one drive when they scored a touchdown, what was that in the second quarter, early in the second quarter, where they scored on that long drive? He drew
1: four third down conversions on that drive.
0: 14 plays, 75 yards, eight minutes, couldn't get off the field. And part of that I thought was play calling because they they dropped eight and rushed three. Deacon Hill runs, scrambles for a first down. Like this team's not good in in zone. Uh, and against a stationary quarterback like Deacon Hill, man, you got to bring it. He corrected that afterwards. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. But yeah, I just, I did not like that. I want to stay aggressive. I, I love that Ryan Walters aggressiveness. We've seen some of it. You got to change things up. I understand that. But, um, yeah, Aaron Henry, jury's out, right? I, I don't think they're going to change anything there. I think they're going to let him grow into the job. But that was, that was the risk of a guy who's never done it. It's why I thought Kevin Kane was going to be the defensive coordinator. Because he has FBS defense coordinator experience, Aaron Henry doesn't. I think he can eventually do it. I think he's a natural leader, but implementing game plan, doing it, having the personnel to do it, he's learning on the job, and that's Brett Bielma's job, who's obviously a good defensive play caller himself. In his time, um, he's got to continue to to coach him up.
1: I'm going to put you on. I'm going to pin you down for a letter grade since I dropped a C out there. What What do you got?
0: C, yeah. Um, well, I, I think this this defense has been largely disappointing this year until the last five games, right? So I would say C minus D plus for the first year. I mean, Kansas was an abomination. Purdue was bad. Nebraska ran all over you. Um, so that first half of the season was not very good. And then secondary issues against Indiana, your offense bailed you out. So, yeah, I mean, for what you have in the front seven and the, the way – we always thought there was going to be a regression, but what's Illinois now – defensively in the Big Ten, 10th in scoring defense at 28 points. I thought this team would be 20 to 22 points. So that, that's underwhelming to me. So I'd go C minus D plus there for the first year.
1: It's fair. Yeah.
0: Well, well, Barry Lunny probably has bounced his grade back to a CC plus <laughs> based on what he's done this year. I, I think um, I think he's kind of gotten into his bat. Like, listen, I know you only scored 13 points today, but I, I wasn't too disappointed in, in a lot of his play calling. You want some of them back. But, man, I, I thought – they moved the ball there in the middle part of this game.
1: I'm with you. Yeah. Barry Lonnie, what a rebound these last few weeks, even though today was, was disappointing. Yeah.
0: All right. Thank you to everybody for listening to the Alana choir podcast. Give us a like on the YouTube channel. As you get out of here, appreciate all you guys more than a hundred of you, uh, even after a post-game loss, it really disappointing loss. So thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, hit that notifications bell, subscribe to us on uh, the YouTube channel. And if you're listening on the pod, Follow us, rate us, review us, wherever you the podcast. Joey and I will be writing tonight. We'll have plenty on the site coming up about John Paddock, about uh, one going through your fingers here, and about flushing this one to get to next week. So check it all out at IlliniInquire.com. Plenty of basketball content coming up this week. And we've got a big sale coming up at Illini Inquire later this week. So if you're not a VIP member, be on the lookout for that. All right, everybody, have a great night. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquire podcast.